from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Six months ago, St. Louis lawyers secured a $790 million payment from the NFL and Stan Kroenke. The money settled local government entities' lawsuit over the Rams' 2016 departure to Los Angeles. And now, thanks to documents turned over as part of that litigation, we have a much better sense of how early the fix was in and how Stan Kroenke worked with the NFL to conceal his true plans from the public. Those documents were obtained by the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and last Friday they were the subject of a blockbuster report authored by no fewer than three reporters. That includes courts reporter Joel Courier and breaking business news slash civil litigation reporter Katie Cole, and also my guest today, that's business reporter Austin Hugelay. Austin, welcome. Thanks, sir. So, Austin, you relied on a trove of documents ultimately released by the court. How did they change the NFL's official narrative of the Rams' relocation? Well, I think what they show from the NFL's perspective is just how closely they worked with uh, Kroenke, how early they were brought in. And then once they were, you know, the Stan uh, Kroenke had spoken with Goodell and two key owners on the Los Angeles Opportunities Committee was looking to figure out how to get the NFL back to L.A. in October of 2013. Uh, you know, a couple months later, Goodell buys some land. Uh, a reporter in L.A. kind of puts, starts putting the pieces together, and the NFL decides they want to reach out and help them spend the story. Yeah. The NFL proactively was, was teaming up on this. Yeah, there was a, we have an email from one of the executives reaching out to uh, – some colleagues saying, you know, we've, we've got word of this and, you know, should we reach out? Should we not reach out? And I think the, the quote was that, you know, if we, if we, um, if we do, it's, it's harder to play dunce. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if we don't, we won't get Cronky's side. They decide to go ahead and reach out and they end up giving them some advice. You know, don't have it come from the Rams football team. Uh, Put out a statement on the the land by from the Cronkies, uh, you know, development company. Yeah, like this might be just a totally separate thing. Mm-hmm. There's an email, you know, they they do it, you know, really, you know, make sure it it doesn't, it's not coming from the Rams. So, mm-hmm. and that's the statement that came out. And then the NFL kind of continued to play the dunce. You know, I think at the uh, at the Super Bowl a couple weeks later, or the the annual Super Bowl press conference that Goodell gives, he said, you know. It's a, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but you know I have no knowledge of uh, you know any any uh, you know plan to move the team and such. And this is uh, Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner. We know now it's fair to say that's a flat out lie. Yeah, he'd had he'd had the meeting with Kroenke in in October a few months prior, where Kroenke laid out the plan to you know, yeah, I can you know he said I could I can leave uh, St. Louis as soon as uh, 2015 and. You know, or give notice to leave in, in 2015. And, you know, he was talking about, you know, the land he was going to buy. And mm-hmm. So Goodell knew all of this. What was the motivation to lie about it? 
I, you know, I, I, I don't know that I can speak to that. I just know yeah. what the documents say. It felt like in some of those documents they were alluding to the fact that they thought support for the team would erode and that this would hurt their ability to sell tickets for the year that they were still going to be here if this got out. Do you feel like that was an important consideration from, from what they were talking about? There, there was a, a line in a draft term sheet to, you know, to buy land uh, that Kroenke was uh, – you know, that, that went to him um, from the folks that were he was working with out in California – to buy the land, and they they did mention, you know, at least in the draft, mm-hmm. you know, they were aware that it was important to keep it under wraps to make sure there's not, uh, you know, an effect on 2014 ticket sales. So that was clearly at least a, a factor that the parties acknowledged. So League Executive Vice President Eric Grubman said this about the move to L.A., I want to do it under the cover of darkness. You guys ended up using that in the headline. What, mm-hmm. what made that quote stand out to you? Well, it was uh, he at that time. He was responding to a um, somebody working on another effort uh, to bring a team to Los Angeles, and it was just interesting the way he he phrased that. You know, we we want to get this done, and we want to get this done under cover of darkness. Really, uh, kind of evocative of the whole effort. So Stan Kroenke and his team were intent on this messaging that St. Louis was on the decline. And when this ended up becoming public, it obviously ruffled a lot of feathers across town. Why was this such an important talking point for them? I think they wanted to make it very clear to the owners and the um, you know, the league itself that St. Louis was a bad investment and mm-hmm. that Los Angeles was a good investment. And, I mean, these are... Many of them are, well, I guess all of them are, are you know, business owners. They run a, a for-profit, well, you know, a, a non-profit league, but, you know, they're about, uh, you know, dollars and cents, and they want uh, they want the best, best bang for their buck. So now we have a much better sense of what was going on behind the scenes with all these NFL owners. Was anybody on St. Louis's side throughout this? There was one guy who was consistently uh, – against the the whole idea Mike Brown of the Cincinnati Bengals he was the only one to vote against the uh, you know we got the the kind of the minutes of the final meeting and he was the only guy to vote against you know the guidelines that would govern any relocation and you know we thought that was pretty interesting because there was you know throughout the meetings you had some people wondering you know is this going to be a this is going to make us look bad. I think uh, Michael Bidwell of the, the Arizona Cardinals made a comment, you know, this is going to make us look like we're all about the Benjamins. And, of course, later, you know, this didn't make the story. But, um, you know, somebody in the minutes, it's, it's shown that right after that, somebody says, well, didn't you move to Arizona for money? <laughs> um, and there's some back and forth about that. So I think, um, yeah, it's it's – and, and for the the Cincinnati owner, what kind of arguments was he making trying to say, uh, you know, this is something you shouldn't do? Like, this is a problem. Well, I think his point was just that, um, you know, the teams are fine where they are. Yeah. You should try to bloom where we're planted. Yeah. And you can see how a guy in Cincinnati might kind of feel like, okay, you can't just take a team away from St. Louis because St. Louis is St. Louis. Yeah, I think there were some concerns from teams, and, and I know Detroit was one of the the um, ownership or the the ownership groups that was concerned about it. Um, you know, it was you know, it, still though it was a, it was a pretty small group 
Mm-hmm. Pretty small group. The, the owners otherwise were on board for this. What did we learn from these documents about the role of then Governor Jay Nixon? Not a whole much. Uh, not a whole lot. Um, I don't think that was previously known. There was one kind of. He makes an interesting cameo though in that meeting between Cronky Goodell, the NFL commissioner, and uh, two of the owners looking at the LA opportunities, where. Uh, Goodell mentions that he kind of went after the league as attorney general back in the 90s, a little worried about what he might do. And Cronkie says, uh, you know, he, he wants to be senator and uh, we can be helpful to him. You yeah. Know, he likes the NFL. He likes sports. And, uh, not really worried about him. I thought that was one of the more interesting parts in the – it's one of the parts in those documents that kind of evokes this cinematic detail that the, the uh, St. Louis lawyers were able to get into in these. It's just kind of like what a – what an interesting way to describe the governor of a state. Yeah, that Stan Kroenke feels like, we can handle this. We got this under control. Now, Jay Nixon ends up being at the firm um, that ended up bringing this litigation that led to all these documents coming to life. He was not involved in that. He was apparently walled off from, from any of the profits from it as far as that firm went. But that eventually, this litigation led to you guys being able to get these documents. Was it hard for the paper to get this stuff? Oh, I think... Um you know, I think Joel Courier, our courts reporter, you know, followed this very closely and um, figured out what we needed to do to get those documents after the settlement. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, as always, did a great job. Yeah. So he was able to happen. get that door open, made yeah. a request to have these these open to, to mm-hmm. you guys. What do you think? Uh, what's your big takeaway from what they show as you were able to dig into these? I think what we found most interesting was just how early they were talking about it, the uh, talking about moving, the detail in which they were talking about it, um, and you know the the degree to which the NFL got in on the ground floor helped spin it, and then really how you know at the end of the day the um, the owners decided that the whole thing was a great idea and went along with it. Yeah. So you guys had three reporters working on this. What made this a priority for the Post Dispatch? Something they felt like it needed some resources to dig into this, see what happened. It's a big story. Yeah. It's sports, it's money, it's power. So one of the responses I heard from sort of the armchair quarterbacks that love to dive into the comment section Mm -hmm. and then love to talk about your work on the radio is this idea that this now shows that St. Louis settled too too easily, Um, that all this detail proves that the city had the NFL by the neck and that, you know, we could have ridden this to a much bigger payout. Any sense of, of that opinion? Well, I'm I'm not an attorney, and I don't play one on the radio. But the, um, you know, I think what we know uh, from the settlement is, uh, you know, that uh, they got real, or you know, from the lawsuit is that they got way inside the NFL's inner sanctum, got a lot of really incredible details of how this all happened, and um, you know, they they got paid for it. They got paid. So you've now done, I'd say, this is the definitive postmortem on this whole deal. Do you hope this will lead to any changes in how the NFL deals with these kind of issues going forward? Do you, do you think they should have some shame over some of these things now coming to light? I'd love them to give me a call back. <laughs> They're still not talking. Roger Goodell does not want to sort of spin his side of this. You know, he's got an open invitation. Yeah. Anytime he wants to tell his side, you're, you're willing to take that call? Absolutely. You know what? I'm going to get in on that. If Roger Goodell wants to tell his side of the story, we'll also welcome this on on St. Louis on the Air. But so far, no reaction from those parties. We've reached out. Well, Austin Hugale, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. 
Yeah, thank you for having me, Sarah. This episode was produced by Kayla Drake with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.